2: What up, Bulls Nation, and welcome into the CHGO Bulls Podcast presented Whee! by PointsBet. Don't forget that promo code CHGO when you sign up to do what, Dave? Live your bet life. There it is. That's Big Dave. You can follow him on Twitter at bow B-A-W-L Sports. I'm Matt. You can follow me at Bulls underscore Peck. We are at CHGO underscore. Bulls. We're hoping that we will see our pal, Will the Goat Gottlieb. So so Bulls practice ran late today. He's there down the street Uh uh, from our studios at the Advocate Center. So hopefully when he finishes up, he will join us here. Late, and fashionably okay. late, per usual. I'm okay with
0: the practice running late. That means they're working on stuff. I'm okay with them practice running late.
2: I'd rather they rest, but okay. You <laughs> <laughs> but, but you know what? They do have a lot of work to do. They got work to do, uh, man. Getting ready for this big <laughs> playoff series against the Bucks. which game one will be on Sunday. Mm. We are uh, talking about maybe doing some kind of little watch party somewhere here mm. in the city, somewhere here near our West Loop studio. So stay tuned for that, y'all. Once we <laughs> figure out what that is, we will let you know on our social media feeds. You know why I'm so stoked today, Dave? Why are you so stoked? Okay, a couple of reasons. We're here at our downtown studios while the sun is up. Yes. That's new and interesting. That yeah, is. This
0: is so weird. It's weird. It's so There's weird. so many people here. Is this is how the other half lives. Yes. I met Adam Hogue today. Dude. My how, first time meeting him. How cool is he? It was so awesome. He he's was just like, a normal guy who talks about the Bears. Yeah, he's like, yeah, I'm here. I'm never really seen. I'm like, yeah, I'm usually not here mm-hmm. <laughs> around this time,
2: man. Um, the other reason I'm really excited today It's because we got another guest. So we had Darnell on yesterday. He did. On our remote pod, talking with Darnell about the Bulls season. Mm -hmm. And we got somebody else today who also used to work at The Athletic, just like our pal Will. Shut your face. Yeah. And you know what Bulls fans love about him? What's that? These videos he posts when the Bulls win games this season. (gasps) Joey? Gentlemen, yeah, yeah. now writing for the NBA for Sporting News. It's your boy, our boy, Stefano. No, give it up, no, Doctor. No, you can follow Steph
1: on Twitter at StephNo, N-O-H. Steph, how are you, man? Welcome. It's impossible to be in a bad mood when you hear that video. So I'm doing great.
2: <laughs> Honestly, I there have been many things that have brought us joy this NBA season. Mm-hmm. Watching you post those videos after every Bulls win seeing the the little intricate changes mm-hmm. like you'll like if somebody has a big game you'll throw him in there right. i and i don't know what what it is about that man and that cat and that drum It's jamming, man. It gets my blood (laughs) pumping, Steph. I love it. I can't get enough of it. That's why the end of the season was so disappointing Mm -hmm. because the Bulls were losing nine out of ten games, it felt like, and I needed the cat video. And it's funny. Like, that's exactly what he did, uh,
0: Steph. After the Bulls beat Minnesota, he sat right here, brought up that video, and did the mat (laughs) pack shimmy. And it was an awesome time, (laughs) man. Can you tell (laughs) us the origins of this? How did that even become a thing for you?
1: It's been a meme for a while that like cat jam thing. And, uh, yeah, I thought that like my brain is so obsessed with the bulls. Every time I see something, I'm thinking of ways to make funny memes and stuff like that. So thought it'd be a good victory song. It's super catchy. Um, I really liked your dance moves there, Pack. I think we might be able to cut you in on the next Bulls win. Oh, <laughs> no.
2: Please, no. B- between between uh, the Mayor, Freddie Hoiberg, and the, the special edition one you did of just all Chuck Swirsky oh. and his post-game victory dances.
1: <laughs>
2: Chuck's got some moves.
0: He, he works. <laughs> he does
1: that work. was actually tough for me because I wanted to, like, picture and picture you because the dancing was so good but i knew that if i clicked back on your camera the music was going to go off it was it was a tough decision
2: well you know hopefully if we watch some of these playoff games together we'll go to a bar Mm. and we'll like do you think that song exists in a jukebox somewhere so i could just blast it maybe we could talk to
0: people behind the bar who work there to have them hook it up to your phone and just play that because it, it's I a thing. That. It's part of Bulls Nation now. It is. Steph. Like, you put something that is a part of Bulls Nation now, and it
1: must be a thing. It has to be, sir. Two things I think about when I think about the Bulls, number one is Michael Jordan. Number two is cat videos. <laughs> <laughs> and, I mean, they
2: even started throwing that up at the Jumbotron at the United Center. Um, You know, you you got a shout out from Adam Aminder in one of the broadcasts. Bulls fans love it, like truly love it. Mm -hmm. Um, They also, if they aren't already reading it, would love what you're doing for Sporting News right now. Tell us a little bit about the new gig.
1: Yeah, covering all 30 teams now. So uh, I do write about the Bulls from time to time, but it's more just uh, a lot more creativity because I have so many other story angles that I can do now, but still trying to do the same thing where I keep things really, really unique. Like you're not going to see me writing about something that you see at other outlets. So if you like that style that I had at The Athletic and I had over at my Substack, stack, then um, you'll probably enjoy what I'm doing over at Sporting News too.
0: Steph, can you can you speak to that a little bit about how important it was for you? Because I, I remember when you and I like met face-to-face when we were in New Orleans and we were talking about uh, the creativity, you know what I mean? And just creative control and kind of how important you, that was. You were
1: trying to sell me on Jabari, man. Let's uh, ah, try to sell him on Jabari. Guy, absolutely. absolutely. Absolutely, I was doing that. Yes, I was, and I was had a bad, back and back I had a bad throat. <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> I did my best, man. Yes, I did, and I had, a, and I couldn't, I couldn't even talk because I went to WrestleMania. That's what I was down there for, and wow. I couldn't even talk, man. We went out, we hung out,
2: had drinks. Well, it so it was your fault that you couldn't talk with Steph about real sports because you mm. lost your voice yelling about fake sports. Mm, that's just disrespectful in so many ways, Matt. <laughs> and I won't accept
0: any of it, sir. Shout out to wrestling. Please don't hurt, Matt. <laughs> and shout out to Javari Parker, Chicago legend. Yeah, but I absolutely was doing that. But when we, also when we were discussing that, we were talking about that creativity, your creative control, and how important that kind of was for you as, as a writer, man. So can you kind of speak to that, why, why that's so big for you?
1: Uh, I mean, I don't know, like my, my feeling on it is you like what you like. Ultimately, the NBA is an entertainment product, so I don't fault people that like hot takes or like um, this is an endless MVP discussion, but that stuff definitely is not for me. So I want to give an opportunity, a venue for fans that are more interested in why things happen, like what's going to happen in the future. Like there's, there's just so much stuff going on at the court that I think you need to train yourself to be able to see and there are a certain segment of fans that want to have that kind of training so i'm uh, i'm trying to write for them mostly i think so steph i mean obviously now
2: your attention is spread across the nba uh for your writing job at uh sporting news but you i i know that you've been paying close attention still to our beloved bulls here just following you on twitter and seeing some of your video breakdowns there Um, what what has it been like from your perspective, watching this bull season kind of stumble to the finish line, falling all the way to the sixth seed, narrowly avoiding the play in tournament, uh, and, and now unfortunately drawing the bucks as your first round opponent, you know, we've talked about it a lot. What exactly has gone wrong? What are the bigger problems? What are the smaller issues that might be able to be fixed? Is, is it the offense completely falling off a cliff that
1: surprised you the most? I think I'm more, I guess, concerned with the defensive side of the ball. I was listening to your pod with um, Darnell, and he mentioned the same thing. Uh, you know, the the problems that they had defensively were always there, but they just had the perfect personnel to be able to clean that stuff up with Lonzo and Caruso basically taking away an entire side of the court. Now they don't have uh, those two guys together, and th- that pairing is so important. Um, Darnell was talking about the point of attack defense. I actually think it's more when they get in rotation where they're having a lot of trouble they're getting confused on who's supposed to go where that's another area where having those two guys communicate has been so vital especially caruso and Caruso's out there i mean you can hear him on the broadcast he's so loud and uh, it's so early in calling stuff out um yeah uh, that their record with caruso out is really bad and he hasn't been i mean he came back extremely early from that that wrist problem and you can see that he's not even close to the same as he was earlier in the year so My hope is that the Bulls have a little bit of downtime, you know, with this new play-in-game format. They held him out the last couple games. I still don't think he's going to be close to 100%, but if he can get from, like, 50%, which I think is where he was probably at, to maybe 75%, that would be so, so key for the Bulls.
0: Hmm.
1: When when the Bulls, one of the losses
0: uh, that kind of stood out, we understood they were going to lose to elite teams and do things like that. But one of the losses that kind of stood out was the one when they played the Pelicans uh, recently. And we know, you know, you're down in New Orleans. Did you have a chance to go to that game and kind of see it up close, the kind of flaws that are happening with this team? And could you speak a little further to that?
1: I usually go to those Pelicans games, but I didn't go to this one just because I wasn't going to write off of it. Um, yeah, but I did watch it, and I watched your post-game show. And, Peck, you were uh, you were going at my boy, Jose Alvarado. <laughs> <It's> like, uh, <laughs> Who's the, apparently... the rest of the league has caught up to him.
2: And apparently, it's his birthday today because, like, one of the first things I saw on my Twitter feed this morning was one of those tweets from NBA. You know, Mm -hmm. join us in wishing fill in the blank player a happy fill in the blank birthday. Yes. And And you did, of course. No, I quote tweeted (laughs) and said, no, thank you. (laughs) You quote tweeted him to say no? Yeah. On his birthday? Yeah. This dude. Because I'm still (laughs) mad at him for pulling that nonsense. Oh, I'm going to hide in the corner and pretend I'm not on the floor and steal the ball from Alex Caruso. How dare you, sir? How dare you?
1: He did that again the other day and it worked. He did do that. He's done it like 12 He's done it a couple now. Of times. Yep. I think that's a really good example, though, of what has been a problem for the Bulls is just not paying attention to the details. Because that stuff is on the scouting report. I mean, we've all seen those clips go viral on Twitter because it's so funny. Um yet, you know, the Bulls fell for this stuff. Um, uh, they're just not, they're not hitting the details that you need. I mean, Billy's talked about this all the time, right? Like winning the margins. They're not doing that. And I don't really know what the what the answer is there, like how they can do it. Maybe this like extra 15 minutes of practice or whatever today is going to help. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that's that's what they need to do to be more competitive against this against the Bucks in the series. And, and I also think that game and that play in
0: particular kind of spoke to what we've also seen as an issue when one thing happens to the Bulls everything goes wrong immediately. Like they kind of stop playing and they like, well, we've lost it. You know what I mean? The game's over. And that, that play right there is, was a great indicator of that happening to the bulls this season.
1: Yeah. Their margin for error is so small. So especially with Lonzo out, I mean, Lonzo just, you, you can't overemphasize how important he is. Like all the weaknesses that they're experiencing right now, not enough three point shooting, terrible help defense, uh, Bad transition play, you know, their offenses, as you said, like been a lot worse. That's all a direct result. You can draw a line from Lonzo ball being injured to all that stuff happening. True. Uh Speaking
2: of those details and, you know, Billy at practice today, Steph, like if if you're in Billy's shoes, what do you take away from any or all of those four matchups with the Bucks earlier this season? Um and, I, and I'm talking about the defensive side right here, like trying to slow down the Bucks in a way that is, do you wh- who do you throw at Giannis? You know, is it Caruso? Is it P Dub out of the gate? And then beyond that, like who who else do you try to take away? Because like Giannis is Giannis, and you can't stop him. All you can do is try to slow him down and force him into some difficult shots but it's really Drew holiday that has killed the bulls Mm. a lot when they face the bucks Mm -hmm. so far this season. So if you're Billy, where do you go first to try to say, okay, this bulls team has given, or we've been struggling defensively. Here's what we're going to try to do to slow down this bucks team. That's been averaging 116 and a half against us this season. Mm.
1: So the most success the bulls had was in that first matchup where they were winning for a large portion of that game. Then Grayson Allen did his, his stuff. And, um, yeah, they ended up losing when Caruso couldn't hit a three with a broken wrist. But I think you can take away a lot from that game. First of all, like I think Caruso guarded Giannis extremely well, and that was after he broke his wrist that he got put on Giannis. Uh, he like uh, he basically like ripped the ball out of Giannis' hands on on a layup attempt, which was pretty awesome. So you know your inclination is to think that Caruso is too small there, but I think he actually holds up pretty well. The other thing they can take away from that game is. Um, Billy has this weird obsession with playing Tristan Thompson. I totally don't get it because he's been so bad every time he's been out there, and especially against Giannis. I mean, Tristan has gotten completely roasted against Giannis. He is way too afraid of getting blown by, so he just gives him so much space. And what that does is it gives Giannis a big runway to just go right downhill. That's like the exact opposite way that you have to guard Giannis. You have to get up close on him. And you have to crowd the paint. This is what the Bulls did the first game too. Is they brought all of their help defenders, boxes and elbows. They closed off the paint, and they let the Bucks try to beat them with their three point shooting. Um, the Bucks do have good three point shooters, but I'd rather just ramp up the variance, have them shoot as many threes as they can. Because you know a team can get cold in that way and miss a bunch. You know you might get blown out, but the Bulls are an underdog anyway, so they have to take a high variance strategy here. I'd way rather give up that to the Bucks, then just let Giannis kill you from inside. Because if he gets in the paint, I mean, the Bulls don't have rim protectors. They're, he, he can score over any individual defender that they throw at him. So just keep him out of the paint and make him spray the ball to shooters, and that's your best hope. Speaking to that point uh,
0: about Giannis, is there a player that you would like to see play a little bit more uh, in this series? Maybe uh, Cook gets in there a little more, maybe a Derrick Jones Jr. Is there someone you want to see a little bit more?
1: So I would like to see Caruso more. I mean, I know he's hurt. Uh, I would like to see him start. Uh, I think the Bulls have played a lot better. And what happens when they don't start Caruso is they get out to these huge deficits and then they just can't claw their way back. So I think that's really important. And then, um, yeah, I would not play Tristan Thompson at all. I think that Tyler Cook actually did a pretty good job. That sounds crazy. You know, you're asking this guy who's barely played to match up on Giannis. But if you go back to those matchups, he played Giannis... Better than probably anyone on the roster. Uh, you know, Pat has been playing better, so you could give him some time there. And then Javante Green guarded Giannis really well too. Billy did not like that matchup because he said that um Javante was not able to guard lobs when they were lobbing it up to Giannis. But you know what? Like nobody's gonna be able to guard that anyway. So you might as well put the guy who um, you know, can at least stay in front of Giannis, can make things a little bit more difficult for him if he's not catching, you know, if, if Giannis catches it five feet from the basket. And Javante's on him like it's game over, but that's going to be true for everyone. So Javante can at least stay with him on the perimeter, and give the Bulls uh, a little bit of energy. I think so. That's the rotation adjustments I would make. Hmm.
2: Joey, do we have that uh, those splits of the Bulls' defense uh, season, and then also uh, matching up specifically against the Bucks? Um, you know, you mentioned maybe trying to force the, uh, Giannis to get the ball out of his hands and, and splash out to some shoot or spray out to some shooters and maybe just kind of hope that they miss and the Bucks go cold. As you mentioned in that first game of the season, that was low scoring at 94 to 90, whatever the bulls and the Bucks shot atrociously. Mm. You see there, the bulls three point percentage allowed by their opponents all season around, right, around 36 and a half. And against the bucks this season, including that gross game one, not even 32%. Mm. But you know, that, that wasn't just that one weird game where both teams shot terribly. Like the bucks have not been a great three point shooting team all season long, mm-hmm. you know, they got a couple of guys who can knock down shots. Holiday has gotten hot, as we've seen. Um, you know, he who shall not be named Thank can you. hit the occasional three. <laughs> and our dear old friend Bobby Portis. Oh, like, It's crazy, that, like Bobby Portis, yeah. for their championship run last season and then it, well into this season, like I know he had a little bit of a downswing uh, on the back end of this, but like it's been their most reliable three-point shooter. Yeah. And I guess kind of the other wild card is, is Brooke Lopez feeling frisky enough to start launching some threes from True, out there. But to me, I, I'd much rather take my chances getting killed that way as opposed to the other part uh, of that little splits you saw was I don't want the Bulls to lose at the free throw line because mm-hmm. that would just be so disheartening. And you heard Billy talk about it after whatever that was, the third or fourth game, Steph, when, when the Bucks shot – 20 some free throws in like the first half and the Bulls shot zero. What what do you think and, and do you think that maybe not to say officiating is going to play a role in this series, but the disparity between the Bulls and the Bucks at the free throw line this season. What did you make of that?
1: Uh I don't I don't really put too much thought into it, you know. I I mean it is what it is. Like, I think that DeMar's probably not getting to the line quite as much against the Bucs just because they have amazing perimeter defenders. Like, I think Drew is probably the best perimeter defender in the league, and he's not falling for those pump fakes. And then uh, Wes Matthews is the other guy they put him on Put on him. Um, yeah, those two guys are just super elite. So um, DeMar is the engine that drives all the Bulls free throws. He gets the team into the bonus super early. If he's not getting those calls, then it's just really, really tough for the Bulls to get to the line.
0: Mm. Well, let me ask you a question that might sound crazy, but, you know, I love insanity. So, do you think that Matt Thomas plays any kind of role in this series because of the Bulls, Wolves at the three-point line, and he's actually a spot-up shooter?
1: Are you guys trying to pick out a player that the Bulls don't need to go after Grayson Allen or something? Is that I know Peck's really <laughs> into that. I'm being dead serious,
0: though. I'm honestly being serious about that. And his three-point. That's all I'm asking about is just his shooting. Because we saw the numbers, that the Bulls really suck at it. And we know Matt Thomas is not that dude. I understand I love playing with people calling him Matty Legend and all those things. But we know what he is. But the only thing he does well is shoot. So that's why I'm asking, will he have any kind of thing uh, in this
1: series? I've watched a lot of Matt Thomas's minutes this year. I mean, you're right, he can shoot the ball. And the Bulls do really need that. The problem is like he's he's really hesitant to shoot. Like he's passing up open threes to dribble in a long twos, and I'm like, that's your only job on the team. If you're not going to do that, then, I mean, you really don't provide any value because he's he's not an NBA caliber athlete. Like his uh, weaknesses on defense are are really pronounced, and the Bulls already have so many problems on that end. But if he can just like uh, lose his conscience and get him up like at a way way higher rate then, yeah, I think he could be useful potentially in the series.
2: Not to break your heart, my friend Dave, but Mm -hmm. um, Will Gottlieb just tweeted from the end of practice about eight minutes ago. Uh Full contact practice, training camp style practice, says Billy Donovan today. Mm -hmm. Caruso and Zach participated. Mm -hmm. Sole person who did not participate. Don't say it. Matt Thomas.
0: Oh, not the legend. (laughs) Well, we're screwed
2: now. Yeah, it's over now.
0: It's over now, Steph. Yeah, well, now the Bulls are getting swept. <laughs> yeah.
2: they won't I mean, have Matty nice Legend the out Bucks. there.
0: How did he get injured? We're still trying to find <laughs> out how he got injured.
1: Oh my! I don't the know greatest. If you want a mystery. training camp style practice, and uh, you know, before the playoffs, it's not a great sign that they have to do that. But no, you know. it's not. Not at all. <laughs>
2: all right, we, we got lots more to talk about with our guy Steph No. Here, we'll talk about next what the Bulls might be able to do and try and penetrate that Bucks defense. But first. Mentioned it at the top of the show. Today's episode brought to you guys by PointsBet. The best way to support CHGO is to download that PointsBet app and use promo code CHGO when you sign up. If you do that right now, you'll get those two risk-free bets up to $2,000. But that's not all. What? If you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you get a free CHGO membership. Free. Which unlocks all kinds of exclusive awesome content, like all the written stuff we've done. Will Gottlieb and Mark K paired up earlier today to yeah. drop a what could the Bulls rotation look like in this series column yeah. awesome. with, like, graphs and charts. It's amazing. They're smart. There's also a video uh, video on YouTube that goes along with it. Check that out mm-hmm. if you're a member.
1: Looks if you're a member. Looks
2: and brains. How do you get to be a member? Download that PointsBet app Boom. and use promo code CHGO. Plus, it's your home for live in-play betting. And it just got even better. Introducing points, bets, new feature, live NBA, same game, parlay. We got two playing games tonight, Dave. Two? You know I'm placing bets. You know it. Parlay pick. And pick of the week. Mm -hmm. I hate to do it. Give me the Nets to cover the spread against the Cavs tonight. You hate to do it? I hate to do it. (laughs) Do you? Yeah, because to hell with Kyrie. Okay. To hell with Kyrie Irving. (laughs) But I'm still taking the Nets to cover tonight because I'm not a dummy. Where is he going? Where is Kyrie. To hell, oh, eventually. Okay, I mean, yeah. he's going to play basketball tonight, and he's going to help the Nets cover the but spread. That, but you After that, him. to right. hell gotcha. with Kyrie Irving. 10-4, gotcha. I'm not a dummy. <laughs> when no, it comes no, to my betting, no. I can separate that. No, 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 no. And you know, you're very good and, at you know where I do that separation? What do you do with Wait, heart man. and head at points back? Boom. Promo code CHGO. Don't yeah. just sign up. Do it, and then what, Dave? You live your bet damn life. There it is, people. Mm.
0: Joey, none?
1: <laughs> I did not know. He didn't say hit me. He didn't say hit me. I, I
0: say that though. You can't Okay, all right, all right. All right. All right. <laughs> he's got to have his own Go on, thing now. Come on, it. man.
2: <laughs> Thank you, shia A little late, but never disappointed. <laughs> do you do you uh do you, do you throw a little a little
1: money at these NBA game stuff? I guess I, maybe not cuz you're like a husband why? and a
2: father and have to be responsible. And work. I, I the like media.
1: the term throwing money because I never get it back. I just throw it <laughs> into the ocean and it
2: never comes back. Sometimes oh, it man. comes back. Sometimes it boomerangs back at you Not with, like, me, a couple extra boomerangs. <laughs>
0: with a couple extra boomerangs? Yeah. Okay,
2: nice. I like it. All right, uh, so moving along, talking about this Bulls-Bucks playoff series we got. First game on deck Sunday. Ooh, um, Steph. What do you make of the recent drop in efficiency for the two all-star players that the Bulls have this season, Zach and DeMar? Mm -hmm. Zach's maybe being an uh, an issue of his knee and not playing 100%, kind of picking and choosing his spots, and then DeMar just sort of regressing to normal human levels of elite, especially with that mid-range shot of his that he was shooting over 50% Mm -hmm. for the first two-thirds of the season, which is bonkers, and you saw that come down. Um, and and what happens if the Bucks throw some traps and some doubles to Mars' way? What do you think gives the Bulls the best chance of counteracting that?
1: Yeah, I think you nailed it on the head there. Like uh, Zach just hasn't been the same because of this knee thing. It's p- p- patellofemoral patellofemoral pain syndrome, and uh, I actually have the same thing. So it yeah it sucks. It's just like really difficult to do stuff when when that's happening to your knee. Uh, and yeah, the Bulls have suffered because teams i'd never seen this before watching the bulls where teams will take a guy off zach and leave him open in order to double demar i mean that's just like insane because zach has always been the guy that's been getting to so for him to get zero guys guarding him uh just shows like how how much that knee is affecting him i think the bulls have gotten better at uh navigating those traps i mean you guys have spent so much time on your podcast uh discussing it you know they're basic reads that the bulls have to make and i think they've been doing a good job of setting up their three-point shooters too which is like what you want to do out of those traps it's just they don't have the guys that can hit those shots you know like they're yeah the the three-point shooters are really shaky aside from kobe and he's been so streaky this year they really need him to get back uh to the level he was at you know and like i said he's so streaky he he could start another streak in this playoffs i mean that's what you have to hope for but yeah they just need to hit open corner threes basically uh, you touched on uh, Kobe for a second. I wanted to ask you who kind of
0: has to get back to that thing that we saw in the first half of the season uh, more for this team to actually have a shot. Is it Kobe or is it Io? Because Io, you know, was shooting about 40% from three and hitting those, you know, baseline threes at a really, really high clip and was playing very well uh, until that all-star break, and then, you know, it all was shot to hell. But what, who, which one has to kind of get back to that form for the Bulls to have a real legit chance?
1: I think they just need one of those guys. Like the fact that both of them aren't playing well is really killing them and they kind of play the same role. So if Billy just goes with which, whichever one is feeling it that night, I think that um, that might work. Like, yeah, the games they've gotten crushed against the Bucks. both of them have been just, you know, like minus 30, minus 40, plus minus insane, insane box scores. So you can't overcome when both of them are playing at that low of a level. So yeah, just, just figure out which one is hot and play that guy and, and don't play the other one because the rotations are gonna have to shorten anyway. So no no so none of them at the same time is what you be. I wouldn't play either, yeah, because they're yeah, they're both like uh just the exact same things that the Bulls need. So it's it's kind of overkill at that point. Um what what about uh what
2: about P dub, Steph? I don't know if you caught that season finale against uh Minnesota, you know, that that meaningless game. Um but His career-high 35, scoring in a lot of different ways all over the floor. He was pulling up off the dribble. He was getting to the foul line. He was hitting his threes. Mm -hmm. Obviously, it's just one game, and it's a game where he was asked to do a lot more offensively because the Bulls sat all of their primary scorers. But is there any way in your eyes he can take that little extra boost of confidence to say, I can do this in this league and be a release valve for when Zach and or DeMar – are just seeing overwhelming amounts of attention from, you know, the uh from the Bucks defenders especially around the perimeter. If they can find a way to swing it over to Pat and instead of him just kind of sitting up in the corner mm-hmm. but being more active off the ball and then once he gets the ball being able to do more with it. What do, what do you think about that idea?
1: Yeah, I think uh the idea that confidence is the biggest issue for players, I think that's way way overused. It's just like um an excuse when the ball's not going in because of luck or other things are going on but in this particular situation with Patrick I think confidence is definitely like the number 1 thing for him because yeah we saw in that last game I mean he has the tools we've seen it in summer league where he's destroyed opponents um but he's just so passive so hopefully this last game can give him that that confidence in himself like he's just such a young player I don't think he really knows how to read the game yet at a high level, a high enough level um, that's required, like at the NBA level. So, um, yep, I I think that he's definitely a really good candidate to break those traps. Like, you need somebody that can get in the middle of the floor who can pass. He made some ridiculous passes in that game. That was the part that impressed me the most. I'd love to see that.
0: Uh, let me ask you about uh, Nikola Vucevic, who has been <laughs> just talked about. you either with him or you're not when it comes to uh, Bulls Nation. But against the Bucs, you know, he's basically what been 16-8, and eight, uh, shooting about 42% from the field. Uh, but he hasn't, you know, been that kind of guy uh, playing against the Bucks for sure. And obviously it's because of their bigs. They've been swarming them and giving him all kinds of issues. Uh, what's he, what do you think his role is and what he's going to have to do to uh, help this team try to get some wins in this series? How can he
1: improve? Well, he's just got to get hot. I mean, it's a tough matchup for him too because of Brook Lopez. Uh, Vooch really struggles with getting out to the three point line. I think that's probably his biggest weakness defensively. So if they run some of these pick and pops or if they spread Brook out, which they're going to do, like that's going to be the big challenge for him. Um, yeah, and they're, they're rebounding. The Bulls rebounding has been really bad the second half of the year. So that's another area where. Vooch has been pretty good. I think, like, uh, probably hasn't been given enough credit for how good of a rebounder he is. So if he can do that, then that'll go a long way.
2: Hmm. The other thing uh, about Vooch is he, he, in these four games against the Bucks, has shot well behind the three-point True. line. 42%, or, or I'm sorry, not 42, you said 42, just over 40%, I believe 40.2% from behind the three-point line. Correct. But on over five attempts a game, he's 9 of 22 behind the three-point line against the Bucks this season. Uh, Joey, do we have those numbers uh Bulls offensive splits uh, and then also against the Bucs? Uh, y- you see it there. The Bulls, as a team, have shot horribly against the, the Bucks this season. Yeah. 48 this season against all opponents, not even 40% against the Bucks this season. Mm. And then the other key one there to me, the big difference, nearly 46 points in the paint averaged this season, only 35 and a half points in the paint against the Bucks, mm. which leads me back to Vooch. Mm. Because the question is, and it seemed to be the question all season long, do you want Vooch to be able to space the floor for you, help space the floor for you by knocking down that shot at the clip we saw him achieve in Orlando before coming here with the trade Correct. or establish him inside first. Mm-hmm. Because if you listen to certain people on certain pre and post game shows, some people that played, you know, the NBA back in the 90s, mm-hmm. they have been very adamant about hammer the ball into Vooch in the post early and often get him his looks there mm-hmm. and then build the, you know, build Vooch's confidence out to behind the three-point line. Correct.
1: Steph, I'm curious how you feel about that. I think that um it's not really Useful to make broad generalizations like that. Like you have to look at it team by team. With the Bucks specifically, it is a terrible idea to establish Vooch as a post-up threat because the way the Bulls play is they play this five-out offense where they're trying to pull the opposing center out of the paint. Damar and Zach are two of the best isolation players in the league. That's why the Bulls had such a good offense in the first half of the year. So for that to work, you can't have Brook Lopez just sitting under the rim. I mean, Brook is one of the best rim protectors in the league. And that's what he does. He figures out a way to stay in the pain as long as possible. You'll see him tagging players to avoid three second counts and just like dipping his toes in and out of the lane. Um, he's a drop center, which uh, means that like he stays really far back in pick and rolls. The only way to beat that, or the best way to beat that is to pop your big man. So that's why Vooch has shot so well in these series and why he's shot so many threes is because those threes are open. And that's what I was saying on the other end too, is like Vooch struggles to get out there because Brooke Lopez is popping. The Bucks are trying to do the exact same thing as the Bulls are trying to do. They're trying to pull players away from the rim to open up those lanes for their other really talented perimeter players. So that's what the Bulls need to do. They need to force Brooke Lopez out of the paint by making Vooch shoot as many three-pointers as possible. Oh yeah, I completely agree with that. And also, you could tell
0: that the Bulls aren't getting that success inside when you looked at those stats because the free throw attempts were definitely down. Mm-hmm. You know, went from 21 to 15. And you know the Bucks are definitely a team that has that inside presence and wants the Bulls to kind of take those three-point shots out there. So if right. they're going to be giving them to them, you're going to need Vooch, as Steph just said, to hit them at a pretty high clip.
2: And to Steph's point about Vooch's threes being mostly open looks this season, Jared in the comments said, has Vooch taken a contested three all season long? And I think the answer is no. <laughs> no, like mean, Vooch has been open. <laughs> yeah. And then as the season progressed, teams were kind of just giving him that. Yeah. Because he started the season ice cold mm-hmm. and he's managed to pull up those numbers a little bit. But then again, there were a couple of games down the stretch here. Some of which were those ugly losses, the blowout losses to yeah. the East top competition where Vooch had those nights where it was like three for 19, mm-hmm. five for 16. Mm-hmm. And Bulls fans are like, all right, I'm done with this guy. <laughs>
0: hey, Steph, Steph, let me ask you on this Bucks team of their role players who can't become an, an issue for the Chicago Bulls. And, like, is it Lopez? Is it Portis? And I'm not talking about, you know, Middleton or Drew or or any of those guys. Just as far as those unsung players, like, who can't become an issue for the Bulls if they don't want to get swept out in this series?
1: Grayson Allen, we can't afford to lose another player to a dirty injury. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I thought you were actually going to talk about Grayson Allen's basketball did too. skills I did for, a too. for a second. Definitely and I was <laughs> going to be very,
1: very upset. <laughs> <laughs> You'll never hear me speaking positively about Grayson Allen's basketball skills, don't worry. And this
0: is why you're on this show with Matt Peck. It's one of the many reasons we love you, Steph. <laughs> this is the reason
1: you're here today.
0: Yeah. Uh,
2: no, but I mean, like, honestly, along those lines, do you see, so, you know, we've talked about Giannis, we've talked about that challenge, we've talked about Holiday, we've talked about Zach and Damar for the Bulls and what they need to try to do. Who, who do you see, or maybe what specific element of the game do you see as being a potential X-factor, which usually an X-factor is something you're, you're talking about before a series where... In a best of seven, we're not really sure who's going to come out on top. Where I think most people, 90% plus people, see this as a fairly easy win for the Bucs. But even still, if there were to be an X factor, what might you think that would be?
1: I can definitely think of one. And it's uh, Drew Holiday and Wes Matthews. Like I said before, the reason why the Bulls have struggled so much is because most teams only have one uh, top-tier perimeter defender. So, the Bulls have an option there. You know, they have two perimeter scorers, obviously, in Zach and DeMar. So, whoever doesn't get that top tier defender, that's the guy that's going to score most of the points that night. So, the Bucks have two guys. If they can get one of those guys in foul trouble, if they can get either Drew or Wes Matthews in foul trouble, then they're going to have a fighting chance here because then DeMar has destroyed, absolutely destroyed any time he gets a switch and he gets like a smaller guy on him that isn't able to guard him. He does the little too short thing all the time. Or if he gets these big centers, I mean, he can just get to his spots. If he takes a super contested shot, but it's at the elbow, I mean, it's going in. So the reason why Drew and Wes Matthews are so good against him is they don't let him get to those spots. If you see the shots he takes, they're way farther out than he's used to. So yeah, the Bulls just need to attack those guys and figure out a way. Maybe like Caruso is so good at drawing these offensive fouls where he just Runs into a guy trying to set a screen. I mean, he has to be like the best in league history at that. So, if Caruso can maybe like get Drew to pick up a cheap foul. If Demar can get him to buy it on one of these pump fakes, which Drew never does, but maybe like I don't know, he's overamped or something, he can make a mistake. Then that's going to be a swing factor for the Bulls for sure. Mm.
0: And I agree with Charlie here where he says Pat Connington and Brooke Lopez cannot shoot forty percent from three. Oh my God, like, those are, those are the guys I, I look at who, who so. really worry. <laughs> if me. they do that, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Lopez worried Dude, the way he played in that last game. He was a leading scorer, wasn't he? uh, Yes, If I recall, yeah. I can take the shooting, but the fact he was actually making moves and driving to the bucket and, you know – Pirouetting, you know what I'm saying? And with the smooth. You can layups. take the shooting. Come on, man. Can you
2: take the cabooting?
0: I can't take the cabooting. <laughs> can't take the cabooting. I can't rock today. Okay, I cannot rock today.
2: That, but no. here, can you do this? Can you can you tell the people one more time about mm. points bet before we keep talking with Steph about this Bulls-Buck series? Let me think about that.
0: I think I could, Matthew. But yes, ow. I
2: could. because it you came here
0: for? Right, that's Steph? what you're here for. <laughs> this one go out to my it's man it. Steph right here. <laughs> if Best you enjoy, business. oh, this was here for. Buckle up, <laughs> buckle up, Steph. <laughs> <laughs> it'd be short, but it'll be sweet. Because if you enjoy CHGO, one of the ways to help us to continue to grow, that rhyme by the way, is to download that PointsBet app and use the code CHGO when you sign up. Because not only are you getting those one, two, risk free bets up to $2,000, but if you make a $50 or more first time deposit, you will receive a free CHGO membership which unlocks all of that web content and you'll even get your free CHGO shirt of your choice from that CHGO old locker. You know, next time I do that, I'm going to have Cody come over here and model the C-H-G-O shirts, man. You I'm going to have him walk over, over here. Looking just looking Looking smooth. Heard, too. I saw his looking smooth. Cass is looking smooth in these shirts. I needs mine, man. I needs it. And if you're here in Illinois, only the people in this beautiful, beautiful state of Illinois. You can download that PointsBet app right now and register your account from start to finish all from your phone. You'll be signing up with the fastest sportsbook, easier than ever, so you can start living your bet life in seconds. So what are you waiting for? Because once the game starts, you don't just bet what you do, Matt Peck. You live your bet life. Hit me one time, Joey. money. Money. <laughs> Gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700.
1: Boom. For you, Dr. No. <laughs> that was for you, baby. Can I, can I uh, say something about that promo that you just read? Please. Yeah, so I had a story at Sporting News where I actually interviewed like one of the best winning sports bettors. He bets college basketball and college football mostly. He was giving tips on um, people who are just starting out, what they should do to try to win. One of the things he said was, um, like taking advantage of bonuses that these sites are offering, so the thing you just said about like a two thousand dollar free bet i'm I'm sure you read it like a million times and kind of goes in one ear and out the other for a lot of people, but that's like that's that's a pretty incredible promo <laughs> if Let i I'm, I'm not being paid to say this or anything and i you know <laughs> i i don't I don't generally encourage sports betting uh because like yeah it's 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 kind of dangerous I, I I do enjoy sports betting but Uh, you if you don't have an account that's like a pretty amazing deal Stefan. we'll talk after the show yeah so (laughs) so our producer joey here was literally giving that
2: exact same lecture to all of our our colleagues at the office today and it was a lecture okay about how you're you're about how you're stupid (laughs) if you're not taking advantage of these incredible free bet offers
1: yeah have they always had that two thousand dollar free bet or is that a new thing
2: uh, since, since we've, we've been, been rocking here. Rocking yeah. with them. Yeah. It's been always been there. With us.
1: Point bet,
0: baby. That code, CHGO. You heard Dr. Mm-hmm. No tell you. Yeah. CHGO is the code. Use that. Give us that $2,000 free bet, man. Yeah. Joe, Joey had us in class over here. So. <laughs> <laughs> he had us in class. Breaking he's, it down. He's, he's
2: working on Big Dave because Big he's Dave working, is man. still, he's just dipped like a pinky toe into the pool. A very tiny. Whereas boy. I'm just, you know, I'm I'm wading in the deep waters.
1: <laughs> of, big Dave, we're coming for you. You're coming you, for the big <laughs> casinos. We're Taking you guys down. <laughs> oh um, man, I should
2: be concerned. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, Steph, as as we look ahead to this series, and the, and the Bulls have this zero four record against the Bucks this season, even dating further back in the last thirteen games mm. that Giannis has played against the Bulls, the mm-hmm. Bulls are zero thirteen in those games. Ugh. Um, any 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 shot here? for the bulls to make this a series and maybe even pr- pull off some kind of miraculous upset.
1: They need to get the old DeMar back for sure. And they need to get the old Levine back. I mean, those two guys drove so much of the winning um, and they haven't been quite at that same level, like for the reasons that we talked about earlier. So yeah, that needs to happen. Like the, the hope is that, you know, in the playoffs rotations, shortened star power becomes way, way more important than the, Back of the rotation, which is where the Bulls have their biggest weaknesses. I mean, I think their number seven through fifteen guys on their roster are probably like the worst in the league, maybe. But their one through six guys are like pretty good, right? So, I mean, that would be the biggest sign of optimism I would give.
0: uh Let me ask you this: <laughs> It was something about the of man, and I, I want to know your your response on this too, Matt. Mm-hmm. But. Are the chances of the bulls winning two games in this series the same or lower of them being actually swept
2: in this series?
1: Man, this is like a gambling question, Dave. you're, you're <laughs> already getting into it. Are
2: you saying which of those is more
1: likely?
0: Yeah what 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 are the ch- are the chances on the same level? No, you know I would saying? say that the
2: chances of the Bulls being swept are substantially higher than the chances yeah. of them winning two games. Mm-hmm. There's I my to answer. Go with
1: swept Steph. as well. Yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. I think you're right there, Matt. Wow, wow.
0: I think y'all are both right, and 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 that's so wild to me because I, I think we all feel like they. Or I don't know how you feel, Steph, but like they could squeak one if everything just goes right. Like they could get one squeaky, of those squeaky. games out of this, but it, I don't know why two just seems like
1: just absolutely not not gonna happen there's no way they could do it but it just feels that way it's just the way they've been playing i mean you guys watch every second of every game so you know that this is just not the same team that it was even a month or two months ago so it's it's really tough for them to envision turning it around we know they have it in them because they were playing at such a high level at the beginning of the year but it's just like loss after loss after loss where they're just getting hammered it's it's really tough to have that optimistic picture. If, if, you, if you just like uh, you, you guys have the men in black thing before, right? Where you, <laughs> you just erase the last month of the season, then I think we could be a lot more optimistic.
0: <laughs> it's ready whenever you need it, Steph. I'm here for everything. I need it right now. Yeah.
1: <laughs> there it is,
2: the Neuralizer. Um,
1: All right, Bulls and Six. Yeah, there you go.
2: So listen, Steph, like because we're, we're kind of getting on that topic now of, of the Bulls likely getting, you know, bounced out fairly quickly and easily by the Bucks here – there's been that talking point from a lot of Bulls fans and Bulls Twitter of, okay, well, so this was a roller coaster season. And at first it was, wee! And now it's like, oh, dear God, we're all going to die. Right. Um, but when it comes to Dave, mm-hmm. myself, uh, the third member of our trio, Will Golly, the fourth member of, of our quadrant, Mark Kay, we all kind of had them pegged coming into training camp as fifth or sixth seed. Mm-hmm. That was what we set as a, a reasonable goal for this team, reasonable yeah. expectations and a very competitive, improved Eastern conference, mm-hmm. avoid the play and get the fifth or sixth seed. And it was a weird way of getting there, Yeah, but that's where we ended up. Yeah. So how does that compare to way, maybe how you have seen the Bulls from your beginning of season expectations, the high, the low, and where they ended up? And does it change how you feel about the season?
1: Well, I had them at forty-six wins, which they hit exactly, and I was completely wrong about how they would get there. Everything else, (laughs) so I can't really brag. Yeah, as you said, it was uh, John Greenberg had a column at the Athletic today or yesterday where he said it was basically like four different seasons in one. Right? Like, are the Bulls back? The Bulls are back. Uh, I think like the Bulls suck, and I can't remember what the fourth one was. But yeah, it's it's uh, it's been a very weird season. I think that. It's good to have some perspective, though. I mean, we're not that far removed from Jim Boylan, which was like the darkest. Period you don't say that, that name that on this show, it. Steph. <laughs> you don't. You don't <laughs> say that name. Mm-mm, mm-mm. No, yeah, so you know, championship teams are built in stages, right? Like we took a, the team took a massive step this season. It's probably not going to end the way that we all wanted it to, but to see where they've come from and just like look back. Um, take like a forest view rather than the trees view. I think it's extremely impressive what they've done this season. As you said, um, because I asked Darnell
0: the, the same question. and He was he said that this season was by far his favorite season to cover since he's been uh, the beat writer here for the Chicago Bulls. So let me ask you, because you might have been covering them a little bit long. What's been your favorite season to
1: cover uh, as a writer for the Chicago Bulls? I mean, uh, I was trying to get a Bulls job for so long, and then as soon as I got it, like, Fred Hoiberg was the coach, and that was a really dark period, too. So, yeah, it would have to be this season. As far as, like, before I was writing, though, when I was still a fan, uh, you can't really compare with, like, the Derek Rose 2011 years. And even beyond that, like, those teams just had so much heart when Derek was injured and they still... Overachieved every single year. It was just—it was amazing to watch. So yeah, maybe maybe that's like a function of age too. You know, like when you're younger, these memories um, are always imprinted like way stronger in you. But those those teams are gonna stay with me forever for sure. You, you got you got to be careful what
2: you say about those three alphas, Bull Steph, because <laughs> despite that being one of the top five dumbest bull seasons of all time, uh-huh. our guy Big Dave here was a real big fan of that uh-huh. year.
0: I was a fan of going to the playoffs, Steph. That's what I'm a <laughs> fan of. Going into playoffs. The last time they've
1: done that. Mm hmm. The Say it again. They were 41 and 41 that year, right? Needed, yeah, 44. Needed, yeah. needed
2: a tiebreaker for the eighth
0: seed. Sure did. And then went 2 and 0, oh, and then Rondo got hurt. <laughs> see what yeah. I got to deal
1: with? You <laughs> see Would what have been I, so I got to deal with, It's Steph? so easy. Yeah. <laughs> Go
0: ahead, Steph.
1: Uh, we got robbed title number seven there for sure. um all right so before we let you go zooming
2: out a little bit what do you make of the overall landscape here you know obviously we still have to wait to see what the results of these play-in games are for seven and eight seeds in both conferences but assuming there aren't major upsets in either one eight two seven in either conference i mean do you see the suns as the clear runaway favorites to win it all this season do you think anybody in the west is going to give them a good fight? And who do you see coming out of the East?
1: Yeah, the Suns have to be the favorite. Um, they are I don't think they do anything that fancy, like offensively or defensively. It's just their level of precision is so high. And that's all driven by Chris Paul, who's an insane perfectionist and will yell at you if you're like an inch off your spot. So I think that goes a long way there. And then out of the East, I, I like the Celtics. I mean, it definitely depends on... You know, Robert Williams had this meniscus surgery, so how quickly he can get back to form. But I think they have been so dominant in this last stretch of the season that they have to be considered the favorites. Let me ask, because
0: I know this is the Bulls podcast, but I'm interested in the Pelicans and and your view on what you've seen from them. Because it's it's been a big change since C.J. McCollum has gotten there. Uh, What what do you kind of see looking at those Pelicans uh, this season and going forward?
1: Everybody's sleeping on the Pelicans. When they made that trade for CJ, I tweeted out his stats. He was averaging like 29 a game after the trade. And all these people clapped back at me like, yeah, who cares about the Pelicans? They suck. They're not winning games. Well, I mean, they won a ton of games after the All-Star break. They're one of the hottest teams coming into the playoffs. And yeah, most people don't know 80% of the names on the team but they have a ton of really young fun players they're gonna be they're gonna be good guys I'm telling you like in a couple years people are gonna be talking about the Pelicans and I I know like people are probably rolling their eyes like yeah right but some of these young players like curb Jones is is gonna be one of the best defenders in the league like uh he's gonna be an all-defensive player probably in the next five years and you know they're doing all this without Zion too which is which is crazy like people are forgetting how good Zion was Uh, he's going to be like a top 20 player when he comes back, maybe even better than that. Uh, yeah. So just, just keep your eye on the team. They're not going to do anything this year, but next year, the year after that, I think they could, they could build something special. They remind me actually a lot of like the bulls under Vinny Del Negro, where they had the talent in place. They just need a little bit more experience.
2: It was like uh, that Bulls-Pels game from a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And you
1: popped into our comments, Steph, yeah, when I was yeah. do- when I was talking to Alvarado, Alvarado. And you're like,
2: he's actually pretty good. And I was like, I don't want to hear that right now. <laughs> I, no, I refuse. But the other thing, uh, quickly about the Pels, the ESPN uh, top 25, under 25 players list came out earlier mm-hmm. today. I don't know if you saw it, Steph. But Brandon Ingram was on that list, and I was like, oh, my God, he's still not 25. Yeah, that's like scary. He's, yeah. So he'll, he'll turn 25 this offseason. Mm-hmm. But that blew my mind for a second. Yeah, that's crazy.
1: He's taking a leap, too. I mean, everybody on their team has been outstanding.
2: Hmm. So- do, you, do you think they're going to win themselves into uh, eighth seed, maybe?
1: I think they're going to beat the Spurs tonight. Um, they're heavily favored. So, like, it's not a it's not a hot take to say that.
0: Mm. All right, step final question for me, man. Predictions for this series, sir. How? What do you have? Who wins and how many? Who wins and how many?
1: Are we just gonna do like point differential? I think that'd be (laughs) more accurate than like. (laughs) Like, I I I don't think anybody is gonna be surprised if I say I'm taking the Bucks in the series, right?
0: How many games do you see?
1: I'm gonna say five. Like, yeah, I mean, the Bulls the Bulls are still like a pretty good team, like. I know it's hard to be high on them, but a six seed, you should you should come away with at least one game. Like, there's just so much variance too in the amount of uh, three pointers the teams take these days. The Bulls just have to get hot one game and take one. I love that everybody's like, oh, give the Bulls a game. Everybody, so Darnell like that, yeah. yesterday, yeah, giving
2: the Bulls a game. He said game four, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Steph picking uh, Bucks and five. Yeah, I mean, you and on. I are also picking Bucks and five. Yeah, that's correct. Everybody's correct. picking Bucks and five. It's the cool thing to do. <laughs> Um, As long
1: as 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 the Bulls don't lose by 50, like, uh, people forget this, but I think it was in 2015, game six, Bulls-Bucks, I think they won by 55 or something, so Mm. as long as they don't get embarrassed to that level, I'll be happy.
2: Honestly, like, I'll I'll make peace with it if the Bulls, uh, you know, if they do lose the series, three of the four losses are... Respectable, Okay. And they get a win. Okay. If it's, if it's one win, three decent losses, and one blowout loss, I okay. can live with that. Let, well, let me ask you this. They
0: get swept or – no, no. They win a game or they get swept but they
2: take out Grayson. Oh, you know where I'm going on that one. Come on now. <laughs> Put him on his ass. Uh, that's it. We got to get out of here because we got two – MLB pregame shows we do. on deck here we in do. studio. We got right, Sox, CHGO it, Cubs Live and CHGO Sox Live pregame shows because they both got first pitches between 310 and 315. Mm. So we'll get out of these chairs. Let them take these chairs. In the meantime, y'all, if you aren't already, follow our pal Steph here on Twitter at Stephno N-O-H, get all of his amazing content, writing and covering the NBA for Sporting News. Mm -hmm. Um, And hopefully we'll see some more cat videos before this bull season comes to a completion. Hopefully we see it. Steph, our friend, always a pleasure. Always a pleasure, sir.
1: Thanks so much, guys.